Welcome in to the Amon Green Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. 12-year NFL veteran. He's got some speed to go with strength. Huskers and Green Bay Packers Hall of Famer. Shovel pass to Green into Vikings territory. Finally brought down. And University of Nebraska eSports coach. Green all by himself. 20, 10, touchdown. 98 yards and a Lambo leap. Here is your host, Amon Green. Hey, what's up? Welcome into the Amon Green Show. I'm your host, Amon Green. And I got DP to my, to my left, Harrison to my right. How are you guys doing today? Doing good. Got a Bears win. Got a Husker win. <laughs> uh, it's it's yeah. a rarity those two go hand yeah, in hand for about with four or five days there. <laughs> yeah, Harrison. so we'll take it. It's been a good week. Good there week for go. Harrison. It's good. I'm a, I, shout out to Amon for, for, for watching him engage with fans oh yeah um not all athletes get it and yesterday was another opportunity i mean it's been a thing um i i saw it at the bigger brunch because i saw how many people were coming to meet amon green Mm -hmm. um and for those that are going to this thursday's big red brunch i'm i will be there but to to watch him drop the puck engage uh, deal with fans, uh, sign, take pictures, do the dang thing. Not everybody gets it. Amon gets it. It's a joy to watch. It's mm-hmm. a joy. Plus, they won for you. Yeah. Like, they won for you. So, in overtime, no less. Um, pretty good. How was that experience for you? It was awesome. Um, I haven't been to a whole lot of hockey, uh, hockey games. And uh, some of my players from the esports team came with came with uh, Pat that does helps that helps with our social media and some of our streams. And Jaden, who's one of our team managers from Call of Duty, and, you know, he and Jaden is the fan. Like he actually goes to the Lincoln Stars game. So he knows all the chants that they do at certain times mm-hmm. in the game. And like when the goalie gets scored on, it's like, hey, goalie. So he knew all those little remarks. <laughs> and so he's yelling at the top of his lung. And to see him do that is just like, you know, he, he he's usually quiet and just watching practice or participating in practice. And then now he's like. The drunk guy at the game. He wasn't right? drunk. He wasn't <laughs> drunk, but he was sounding like the drunk guy. Right. You know, in the bar, yelling at the TV screen, but yelling at the 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 ice for the guys playing uh, from the Madison Capitals and our and our Lincoln Stars. So I thought that was amazing. And then, uh, like DT, uh, DP mentioned about my you know my interaction with the fans, and it was something. It goes back a long way. That goes back to how old are you, Harrison? Twenty four. Okay, so you were probably one <laughs> or two. Or not <laughs> even born yet. Born my, 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 oh, there you go. So you weren't born yet. Um, when I learned that process of meeting the fans, shaking hands, saying hello, and it started my freshman year here. It was right. Like I experienced a little bit where we had a media day or a fan day in the stadium memorial. They used to do that. I don't know if they still do that now. They do. Okay. And we're on the field and all the chairs and tables are like put to the fences so the fans can, you know, pick their lines where they want to go, get every, get all the players autographs and every, you know, we were out there maybe an hour, maybe a little bit over an hour. I'm not, I can't remember. But from that standpoint, and then after my first home game, when I'm coming out the locker room and that's when, you know, we're in the South Stadium at that time. I got to go upstairs or go up the elevator and then that's where all the fans are at. And my, I told my mom and dad where to meet me. So my mom and dad are there. 
my high school girlfriend was there eventually came became my wife and then we're they're all standing there but they're surrounded by husker fans and so i'm like i just get up there like wow and then all these husker fans start asking for autographs so i'm like be gracious and i'll start signing and you know went on the signing went on you know at least 20 30 minutes maybe 45 minutes and then my uh, between my mom and my girlfriend at that time, they're looking. They got these looks in their faces, like, "Is this how we're going? This is going down every game. This is how it's going I'm down." I'm like, uh, "It's kind of you know unwritten rule. I mean, I think I'm gonna be a part of." It. So I just told myself mentally, then I got to get used to this. You know, this is a part of the job description. Without it being in the fine print, it's not written in the contract. I just got to know if I'm gonna be what what I want to accomplish as myself as an athlete. Mm-hmm. I'm going to come across this because I had idols in terms of the game, you know, sport, Michael Jordan, Walter Payton, guys I looked up to, Steve Largent, um, got Mike, Marcus Allen and current guys here looking at Tommy and all them guys and Lawrence that were ahead of me. You know, it's like this is just part of it. Become somebody of some type of influence. You know, you're looked up to. I mean, even when I was a freshman, I was being looked up to by younger players that were in high school or in elementary school and then the fans. You know, of all ages, you know, guys that were my grandfather and my dad's age that were, you know, happy to get my signature. And so I started to work on that. It was very choppy then. <laughs> the signature right. it's, it's a profile. I got to I, I almost want to do like a like a, a sit down interview with people and how they do their autographs and what they oh. how they started when they first started signing autographs oh. to where they're at now. I can, you know, because it. It was when I look at my autograph now to what it was when I see like somebody bring sometimes I've been presented by a fan an old item that I signed when I was here mm-hmm. and I see my signature and I'm like and I kind of laugh I'm like ooh that was not good that was my college that was the one when I first started doing television yeah that was the one and now that's all you get. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> see I never went to I'm like not- I just I I morphed into right when I got to Carolina and was doing my own show. And you do enough of them? I was like, nope, that's it. And see, I never, <laughs> I never succumbed to that. Yeah. So I, I didn't, de- I didn't come become prince and become a symbol, right? Um, and current NFL players, NBA. Do you put the H O F on it? I put. Oh no, not yet. Okay. I don't put. I just put a mon green, and then if they ask for the number, yeah, you know, I put thirty. Sometimes it's thirty-four because my last season in Green Bay, I wrote a war thirty-four. Yeah. So. I, but I stick with legible writing. So yeah. You can read every letter in my name because, you know, I remember seeing or seeing something on TV or reading an article about you know, uh, a sports star. I can't remember who it was, but about their signature. And their mom made a comment. It's like, you know, I raised you better than that. <laughs> you better write a signature that everybody can read every letter. Oh. And, I, and my mom actually mentioned something like that, too probably like when I got drafted to Seattle and, and so it just stuck in my head and I said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to make sure my name will be legible. So people know 30 years from now that it was a mom green that signed that football helmet eight by 10 or whatever. Do you sign more Nebraska or green Bay jerseys? Probably about the, I say probably about the same. I say yeah. really, I said being here about yeah. the same when I'm in green Bay is more green Bay jerseys. When I'm here, it's been a lot of, Old school. It's been a lot of old school. Oh, at the, it was a fan at the stadium mm-hmm. for the Lincoln Stars last night that had my. She says she wore this when she when I was a freshman, and she you could tell she kept it neat. The fade it was faded on the numbers a little bit, mm-hmm. but good job of taking care of it to make it to my hands to then sign it with a sharpie. You know I'm impressed when they have the 
the those were probably I don't know what company, but I know for football NFL Packer jerseys it was um, Wilson. Was it, Wilson? it was either Wilson and champion. then champion or something yeah. like that. And now it's Nike for any current, like some fans you could buy, you know, go online, buy yeah. a new Jersey, mm-hmm. get it made up. And then some of them put my name on it. Yeah. And those are the Nike brand. Now Nike's part of the whole NFL. So it was, so, so to see that is, it's impressive. You know? how, how many of your jerseys do you still have? Um, I have, I said for the game worn, I have pretty much all my Packer and I have all my Texan and I have, my home Husker national title jersey. Um, so the red one that we wore down at Fiesta Bowl and I wore, what I wore my freshman year. And I have my helmet from all three seasons. I don't have a way jersey and my junior year jersey. I think I have, I might have that in a frame somewhere, but I don't know where. <laughs> I need to find Do you ever ponder the- how you played in that old helmet now that you've seen the new ones? I know how I played in it. I played hardcore. <laughs> I, I went pedal to the metal. It's different deal. It, like it's I, a different piece of equipment. It is. Now. A, it's a completely different equipment. It's com- it's like weight is the head. My helmet from here. Yeah. And then Green Bay, it is night and day heavier. Yeah. For the the padding, the air pockets. It was a Nike bike helmet that you would basically have a a needle <laughs> that you pump up footballs. Yeah. Or your tire, That's what I had in high school. And you pump it up. And it's like that was when you think about it now through all the research and what we know now about CTE and concussion. It's like that was protecting our head, and we didn't even think twice about it. We threw it on, thinking it was it was the bee's knees to protect us, and found out that hey, through innovation and through science, we got to protect our you know everything above our shoulders a little bit better in football. And uh, I I was in the first generation. Um, what is it? The Revolution yeah. helmets. Now yeah, that was when I played the one year in Nighthawks in Omaha. And I had, it was first, it was, of course it was adjustment. It was kind of weird. It was a little tighter than the other one, but it had, it was a little bit lighter, but their padding, you could tell it was there for a reason. Mm-hmm. And it was more planned out than what we had as helmets. And then the only thing I was, after, once I got it on and got used to it, and it was like, you know what, this is what I got to roll with to protect my head. I was like, now just fix the, give me the face mask that I wore here in Lincoln. So I think to make sure I got the bullhorn face mask on it. Wasn't much I could see through, but I worked with it. And practice with it, got through it. And so, you know, it was just I had to change with the sign of the times. A lot of guys, older guys, same age as me, didn't like the helmet. But I'm like, hey, we got to put this on or we can't go on the football field, you know. I, I have to ask the question. It's the elephant in the room. Both fan bases think they're elite and and the, and the one. Yeah. Right? Like, there's 100%. no, there's nothing like Lambeau. There's nothing like Memorial Stadium. There's nothing like being – a Husker. There's nothing like being a part of Packer Nation. Yeah. Uh, I'm on. <laughs> on yeah. the spot. On the spot. I on can. the spot. Yeah. I can answer this. <laughs> I'm not afraid to answer it. Okay. Who is? Like, who's better? Is it Craziest fan base. Craziest fan base. I would have to say, it's got to be here. Okay. And I was just thinking about this today, because I was like, leaving, about to leave the house to go teach my 1230 class, uh, Intro to Esports Management on campus. And it just ran across my brain because I was hearing Stephen A go off on uh, the Cowboys and they debacle last night, right. you know, them getting beat down. And he's doing Stephen A stuff. He's yeah. yelling and screaming. He's talking about, you know, how Dak is this and this team is that, da 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 And then I just ran in my head like, you know, Cowboy fans, they're supposed to be the best and one of the best that claim in the NFL level along with Steeler fans and 49er fans. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, Packer fans are for football, for pro football. Packer fans are up there. And I said, but wait a minute. I said, my Husker fans – 
I'm like thinking about it. Like it's over, it's almost 400 consecutive sold out games. Correct. And that has nothing to do with the players on the field. You know, being the time spent now and the changeover and the unfortunateness where the program now is being rebuilt, rebuilt by Coach Rule and his staff. It's like these fans ain't no more dedication that I need to see because I know Packer fans haven't sold out their stadium, Lambeau Field, in my time on the field to off the field till now. And they've had a, you know, off and on good product to put out there. Like Tom, like Coach Tomlin said with Pittsburgh, when they didn't play well, we did not put a good product out there. So over, you know, they won the Super Bowl in 2010, and even though they've been back and forth out of the playoffs, but still, no sold out, not consecutive sold out games. And it might be because it's a pro thing, you know, it's more business than anything, and people understand that. But to have, you know, at the college level, at the high D1 level, a stadium that has been sold out before me, mm-hmm. and continued way, way past my time on this campus and on the football field on this campus, is impressive. So I'll say that you got to be crazy and passionate and obsessive all at the same time to do that. So shout out to all my Husker fans out there in Husker Nation for sure. Is, they, they've done it. So they've got you in the in the elite space in both places. Yes. Then you have to, you know, when people say you you lead the Packers in this and you, you land here at Nebraska, how important is it for you to, to be the Packers all-time best? How important was it to yeah. me? It was just like, I say the stats wise, if you know me, and for y'all, y'all gonna get to know me, stats wise wasn't a big deal. The only stat I worried about in here, Central North, was the winning column. Mm-hmm. All the yardage, that was just cake. That was the icing on the cake. You know, for me to break a, a you know consecutive games of rushing yards or touchdowns in a game, you know, same thing when I got to Green Bay. I mean, I have record on top of record there. I have consecutive games of 100-yard games, consecutive games of 200-yard games, consecutive games of touchdowns, receiving touchdowns, rushing touchdowns, um, seasons over 1,000 yards. I have all those records. I'm the all-time leader rushing still. But at the end of the day, it was about getting victories, winning the division, you know, NFC North, trying to get to the play through the playoffs, to the Super Bowl, which it never happened. But it's just a part of the game that I knew was there. You know, I'm a passionate person about what I do physically, what I did. I say what I did physically, being a football player. And even if it wasn't that, if I got a chance to play baseball, people would have saw some amazing baseball players, just as they saw what they what I did on the football field. So stats wise was like just the wins and losses. That's what I was focused on. And if I got to certain records and I was getting close, it would be the coaches telling me on the sideline, Amon. Like I remember Edgar Bennett pulling me to the side when I was like close to the single game rushing record against the Broncos in the 03 game where we had to win the game to go to the playoffs. And they they made it real easy on us. They set 10 and 20 other starters, 10 on offense, 10 on defense. So that made our job a lot easier yeah. um, to get to the playoffs, win the game, obviously get me to my record. But when he told me, I remember when I was like maybe 10 yards short of it. And I kind of looked at him because he knew that I didn't care. But he was like, hey, this is one you got to be serious about. You know, you got to take this one. This is a single game, and it's a big game. And then once I got close to the record at the end of the season, you know, and several seasons after that, you know, he was one of my advocates along with Coach McCarthy to give me that record. That record stood for 43 years before I passed Jim, Jim Taylor. And uh, the funny, ironic thing about that, Jim Taylor played at LSU. And my dad, who was from Louisiana, from New Orleans, that was his running back. And so for me as his son to pass his guy as being his kid, 
mm-hmm. you know, did a lot for him you know, for, before he passed away in 2007 from uh, from liver cancer. So that was a big thing for all of all my brothers and I to get there, get back to Green Bay, get that record. So for me, it was like it was icing on the cake and it tasted I say it tasted good and it tastes good now because um, now my career is over and I'm not going to be one to harp on not being in the big game, not playing any because that's just somehow careers go. You got guys, you know, I'm not one. I'm one of a many, you know, guys like Barry Sanders, um, his team, his old, uh, I say counterpart, didn't play with him, but was on the team, you know, uh, Calvin Johnson as well. A lot of NFL players, a lot of NBA players, a lot of baseball players that never got to that big game and won, but everybody knows about them when you say their name. You say, you know, you see, you hear, you say Ken Griffey Jr., everybody know, oh, that was that dude. <laughs> well, yeah. you're that, you're that guy. Yeah. Um, do you have those conversations? Have you had an opportunity to get in front of the Husker running back room? Not yet. Now I say a little bit in the spring, a little bit in the spring. I saw guys on the sidelines that spring ball, but I talked to EJ too and uh, helped him with the recruit, uh, Kiwan Lacey out of Dallas. And I think he signed the next day and uh, I'm batting a thousand in recruiting. There we go. <laughs> there <laughs> Ever we since go. when I was a, a player and everybody I hosted, Joe Walker, D'Angelo Evans, Karel Buckalter, they all came, you know. So, so they should probably let you do more of it. They should, yeah. You know, you know it's, just a, it's it's not a it's not a no brainer. There. <laughs> yeah. It's a guaranteed thing. Uh, yeah. From the text line, said, uh, side note: Are the Packers gonna beat the Raiders tonight? I would say percentages wise, I know what Vegas is doing. Most likely, yes. They having a good season, a lot better than Oakland. Oakland is still looks like they're trying to transition from something i don't know what it is i mean maybe you know Derek carr's departure the way he left that probably put a bad taste in everybody's mouth Mm because he was let go before the season went last year he was cut with two months or two i mean three or four games left in the season he's cut and he was their starter quarterback at the start of the 2022 season and now he's a saint playing good football there um so just interesting what's been happening there for them and so for that reason and some of those reasons, there is like sort of a distraction from the game. You, you know, you hope the players are not really letting that delve in into their pre- preparation for the game, but sometimes it's, you just can't avoid it. And so from that, where the Packers coming off a loss last week and still in good position, being in their division, we already we kind of see now that Detroit is kind of the head of the monster in the NFC North now. So they're going to be a team that's going to – you got to go down. You got to go to Detroit to get the win. Um, and win that division. You got Isn't to go that through weird that. now? No. I mean, I've, I've seen enough. I've been around it. You know, I've been in the wars, right? DP, you've been in, you know what I'm talking about. When you play sports, you know what that feels like. You've been in them battles. And I remember some of our toughest battles was not only the Bears, it was the Vikings sometimes. And even though the Detroit Lions during my time on the field, they weren't traditionally good like they're getting to now and like they are now. Winter, if they're having a losing season, they would kick our butt because it was just one of them things. You know, it was a rivalry thing or whatever you call it. And now they're at a point to where it is not just a one season thing. This is going to be something that Dan Campbell, Aaron Glenn, uh, Deuce Staley, that's their on their coaching staffs, that then they got player on player interaction. And I already knew when I was a player how it affected me when Edgar Bennett was coaching me up. And so it made sense. I remember I learned as a 10-year-old, you'll like this, DP. You'll like this a lot because you play baseball. Mm-hmm. Harrison, you grew up playing baseball? 
Did you uh, yeah, one? one year, not really. One year, okay. But growing, so I did, and I played. My first year was I was ten. I played no nine, and I played for the team. I played for all the way till we left uh, Los Angeles. It was a at Rancho Park over in L, you know Dorsey High School, mm-hmm. and my coach, Coach Cliff. What was special about him is that he was a pitcher in the Negro Leagues. And so we had a professional, regardless of the league, a professional coaching eight, nine, ten-year-olds. He had us doing squeeze plays. I was nine. It was my first season playing. And he said, Amon, come here. I'm a t- you ever heard of a squeeze play? I said, yeah, I- I've heard of one. He said, all right, this is what we're going to do. Since you're the fastest guy on the team, when you get, hit on, when you get on third, I'm going to give you the signal. This is what you're going to do. You're going to take the biggest lead ever, a lead that you know off a of base that is not good. That's on purpose, though. He said, why? Because you're going to put pressure on the pitcher to look at you and want to throw to you, but he's got to go to the base. He's got to throw. He's eventually going to throw it. He can only get you to go back to third so many times. Eventually, he has to pitch it to the batter. So when he finally gets to that pitch, you get and take that big, long lead, as soon as he starts his windup and he's coming, ball is coming out of his hand, I want you to be running. And then, you know, slide, protect yourself, whatever you need to do, get in into the play, the base. And most likely, with your speed, you're going to get there. And I did. And we were doing this every other game. You know, and I'm like, what I know now as an athlete, as a, you know, reflecting back, I'm like, man, we were doing squeeze plays at 8, 19 years old on team. I'm like, they didn't have no clue. They didn't think it was fair. I was going to say, some of them pitchers probably like, I don't know if baseball is for me. This is <laughs> that are, I'm on green leading off we, third. We did, enti- <laughs> we did entire practices with runners on third. Like every situation in the game that we could go through, yep. that's what we would do. We, we would. So you're playing, you got a pitcher playing some with Amon speed. Mm-hmm. They're, they're leading off third base that much. What are you telling your pitcher? <laughs> Control. <laughs> Control. Yeah. Control. Like I, I, the, the story was, I actually was in a book. Um, I was a base dealer from from my high school. And mm-hmm. Literally, why I got recruited was 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 just base running, right? And in defense, and I'm on third, and it's a big game, and I, so I stole for second, mm-hmm. stole third, and the whole team's expect fully expecting me to steal home, so much so that the coach doesn't even give the signal. He doesn't even give me the signal to 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 steal home. Okay, he's in his mind, it's a suicide squeeze, except for it's a pitcher who's at the plate who rarely participates in what we're doing. And I take off. And I mean, I'm, I've beaten this throw. Right. Except the pitcher swung at the pitch and hit a, he actually got a base hit, but I'm literally as close as I am to Amon right now when he swings the bat. And they're like, you could have died just now. And I was like, yeah, I I, I got that. I, I just got that. Just now, yeah, it just registered. Like it, it took a while, but yeah, it's such a big part of it. And yeah, it, that was my favorite thing is that I could affect the game. Yep, um, I could affect the pitcher. Whenever I got on base, he knew. Okay, mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm the feature now, not the guy with the bat, and that's how we got it done. Yep, so, and that's that's what Coach Cliff would say. He says, "Amon, when you get on base, just know by the second or third pitch, I want you on third base because you're stealing. That's it. Every base because there is no bat, no catcher." And no pitcher that could come off the mound and throw you out. That is it, man. And once he said that, I was like, that just gave me more confidence. Because I knew I was fast. Like, mm-hmm. amongst my friends, we would just, you know, how you race each other down yeah. the middle of the street or something. Yeah. Let the cars clear. Then you run, race again. So I knew I could do that. But then when the coach told me, 
Come on, you got this type of speed that you will not get caught because I'm going to teach you how to slide. I'm going to teach you how to, you know, run the bases, right? How you, you know, you kind of dip out and come back in. So when you hit the base, you're running downhill. Mm -hmm. You know, teaching me those things to be, so I could be a faster base runner when I was already naturally fast. So it was like, thank you. And so, you know, having that player coach interaction at that young age, then it just, you know, I knew what to expect if ever I had a former player coaching me up on something that, you know, what they learned from the game, and now I'm gaining their experience and on top of my own, you know, to do what I did, football, baseball, basketball, track, whatever. You know, I had Keith and Jones Jones my junior year. You know, he he showed up at Central's campus every now and then. He coaches for half of that season. Myself and Damian Morrill in high school getting coached by one of the, you know, leading rushers here at Nebraska history before I got on campus. I got coached by Reggie Harrison who's renowned, played for the Steelers, mm-hmm. renowned for blocking a punt in the Super Bowl against the Cowboys. Ooh, I know you're talking Block, about. Yeah, number yep. 46. He yep. was. He and Eric Severs were two of the better players. Brian Blados, who played for uh, the Bengals. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brian Blados blocked for me at high school. That was my dude. Oh, nice. Yeah, we did all right. <laughs> <laughs> we did all right. Uh, not bad time. Harrison, get us to break, bro. Yeah, we'll throw it to break here again. This is the Amon Green Show, followed by that. We will still have Don't Punt Hour with the morning personnel in speed and power, and then some replays after tie it off. But don't go anywhere. We'll throw it to break. Catch you guys on the other side.